You're listening to It's a Black and White Thing with A Ward and A1. This is Side B. article today that ratings are down in the NFL across the board. Really? Um, yeah, Thursday night, uh, Sunday night, Monday night, um, and just sun- even Sunday morning, or Sunday, no, I shouldn't say morning, Sunday afternoon games. Yeah, ratings are down, but NFL is still the king. You know, they're still still on top, so we're going to end by going through some NFL coverage. So, one, before we get into the teams, I want to do a quick little fantasy, fantasy thing, because, again, we want to we be a space for you guys to talk to us. So if you have you want advice about your teams, hit us up. Who you want to start? Should you trade? Uh, any stories that are funny, hit us up. We may share them on the show. Go to the podcast page on Facebook or Twitter at, at Brains and Bars. Um, and I want to share a, a quick story here. Um, a homie of mine, <laughs> uh, we were having a conversation talking about our fantasy teams, and we were talking about how, you know, it's – most of us are Christians in our fantasy leagues. We, you know, and so when you're in church, it's kind of hard, you know, to to kind of get the good word in, listen to the preacher, and also kind of have an eye on Twitter and ESPN.com to see inactive. who's inactive, who's, you know, going to be limited, so on and so forth. And so one of my homies, uh, homies friends was telling me um, that he knew of a guy who, while preaching, made changes to his fantasy lineup. So he's like, you While know, preaching. Go to the go to first John, go to the book of the Gospel of Luke and, you know, turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor three times God is good all the time and all the time God is good. And while they're doing that, he is substituting people <laughs> in and out of his lineup so that his team would to put his team in the best position to win on a Sunday. Which is like Kind of hilarious and kind of like, yeah, God is going to bring that up when you right. stand before him on Judgment Day. And he's going to go, <laughs> so on Sunday, you know, March 15th at 11.53 p.m. Here, hey, pull up the video. St. Peter, pull up the video. Run it. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to show him changing his lineup. So He's going to be looking in the book of life, and then that person's going to be like, is my name there, Lord? And the Lord's going to be like, I'm sorry. I'm just actually setting my fantasy football lineup <laughs> <laughs> right now. <laughs> what were you saying? <laughs> Man, I hope God has a sense of humor like that because that would be hilarious. That would be hilarious. Um, so we tell that quick story to say to you guys, what is the most interesting thing you've done in the name of fantasy football? A weird thing. What What have you done? Have you resorted to making changes to your lineup um, while in the pulpit or while doing your job or in right. some capacity. You know, have you made trades while your wife is having a baby, right? <laughs> and it's just like, push, push, honey, push, push. Wait, are you kidding me? Edelman <laughs> for Landry? Are you serious? No, I don't want, you know. <laughs> right. So hit us up on the, on the face on Facebook, on Twitter, with what are the most interesting things you've done all in the name of, uh, improving your fantasy football yeah. team. I couldn't. I honestly didn't have anything, man. I, I, I haven't branched out. Like, definitely not improving. I've obviously tweeted some players that have screwed me over. Wow. In fantasy football before, it's gotten to that. You know, shout out to Navarro Bowman. Um, wow. Did you really tweet him? Uh, I might have sent him something. Wow. 
Um, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> we're not gonna tell that story right now. I yeah. I will oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. But but you know, change my lineups in church. You know, um, I always feel really convicted though when I pull my smartphone out and I've I've hit the fantasy football app before I've hit the Bible app beside it. You know, like it's just something about my thumb going straight to the fantasy football app and not. You know, but but I haven't done anything too crazy. Definitely not like in the middle of preaching. Maybe I should feel more remorse because I've gone straight to Twitter and like my wife's got the fan. She's got the Bible app right there. Like I'm just gonna look off of hers. <laughs> but I need to see what Shefty is saying about these inactives right now. Right. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but I will tell it. Uh, so and, and when you talk about tweeting players, now I've never tweeted a player, but. Um, when in my semi-retirement from fantasy football, I thought you tweeted Russell Wilson. No, different thing. That was about uh Colin Kaepernick and the million dollars. Oh, okay. I never tweeted Russell Wilson like you bum, you suck, and anything oh. like that. But um, one <laughs> once. Wait, who? What Dolphins player do you tweet, Ricky? <laughs> oh, he Ricky said he tweets. So one of our homies here Rick, is Ricky is, is listening to us do this. He said he tweets organizations all the time that they suck. I tweet. I only tweet Roger Goodell disparaging comments. Um, he's the only person I tweet disparaging comments to. Um, I'm trying to think. No, never a player. But anyway, I digress. So. 2009, 2010, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Uh, Roy Williams, former wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. I took him like second round of my fantasy draft, thinking he was going to have a huge year. He's with Romo. He stunk up the joint. He spent a lot of the year hurt. And one day in frustration as I was losing again and Roy was dropping passes and underachieving, I Googled Roy Williams' address. Like I'm looking I remember for, this story. And I think I actually found it. I think I, I really found story. it. And as – I, I kind of at that point I kind of held my head in shame and said, "What are you doing?" <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, it's time to hang it up. Like I'm googling Roy, Roy Williams' address um, to try to find him so I can go to his house and fight him <laughs> because he was killing my season. And Hilarious. so at that point, I knew it was time for me to give it up. So we're looking for you know, not necessarily stories in that vein, but again, what's the most interesting thing you've done, uh, all in the name of improving your team, or what th- what has fantasy football caused you to do? Uh, this made you feel shame. This made you laugh, made you cry. So hit us up, man. We would like to hear from you guys. And, again, any advice? You know, I get hit up in my DMs all the time about trades. You know, again, I'm here for you. I'm Shout here out for to Just people. B. Yeah, Just B hit us up for advice today. All the time. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. So, yeah. So, again, so that's the fantasy aspect of it. Um, real quick, run them pockets. Run so them I, I really, pockets. I really didn't have. Hut, 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 hut. <laughs> run them pockets. So I really didn't have. A huge list, but I do have two. Two people are uh, one. One is an organization. Well, I added one too. So oh, I got okay, one too. okay. So, so A Ward has one. So I'll do my first one for run them pockets. The Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Like you guys took on an zero and two Cleveland. So let me let me start let me start by saying this first. Ricky, who is sitting here, he had disparaging comments to say. I think he said bleep you. Uh, to the Dolphins in week one after they lost to Seattle. And I I stepped up and defended Miami. I said, listen, man, they went into Seattle. It's one of the hardest places in in the NFL to play. And they, you know, they lost by two, Mm -hmm. right? And they gave up a late touchdown to Russell Wilson. So I'm like, you know, cut them some slack. 
Then, you know, I ch- the next week I in our Picks League, which if you haven't joined the Picks League, I mean, it's kind of too late, but if you want to do it for the fun of it, um, it's not you can too join late the to picks. surpass me because I'm the worst out of everybody who's picked all three weeks. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that is true. So you can at least beat A-Ward. You can say that you beat a guy who has his own podcast. Yeah. Um, But I picked Miami to beat New England in week two. They get embarrassed by Jimmy Garoppolo, who they made look like Tom Brady until he got hurt. Right. Week three, um, you know, for entertainment purposes only, ten-and-a-half-point favorites at home against Cleveland. Again, an 0-2 team who's coming in there with a third-string quarterback who is a rookie right? in Cody Kessler. And then not only that, but Hugh Jackson, which shout-out to Hugh Jackson, then inserts Terrell Pryor to run some, you know, spread-type concepts. Mm-hmm. And you guys almost lose the game to the Cleveland Browns. Overtime. Over, you needed overtime to beat the Cleveland Browns with a third-string quarterback, rookie, and Terrell Pryor, who hasn't been asked to throw a pass in this league in what, three Ever. years? <laughs> Two years? Like, like, ser- like guys. Now this is come the on. same Miami Dolphins that let Lamar L- Miller walk. Let Lamar Miller walk. That have Jarvis Landry on offense, who acquired Kenny Steele's, who apparently revamped their offensive line, who have and it's still terrible, one of by the, the best way. defensive lines with Cameron Wake and Dominican Sue in foot. Cameron Wake's coming off an injury, run though. Run pockets, you know. man. Yeah, yeah. That's y'all all gotta I got to say. Y'all got to run them pockets, dog. Like, for real. <laughs> y'all can't be – I'm out here believing in y'all. I'm out here putting my name on the line for y'all, and y'all going to embarrass me by almost losing to the Cleveland Browns. Run them pockets, I wouldn't man. be surprised if Brent Grimes' wife is still tweeting about the Miami <laughs> Dolphins. The way that Shout out to Miko, man. <laughs> Miko keep it real, though. I, you know what I'm saying? Miko keeps it real. Shout out to Miko Grimes, oh, man. Oh, man. But, yo, but anyway, the other person I have for my winner for Run Them Pockets for week two, Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, <laughs> Ryan, shout out to Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, about five years ago, six years ago maybe, I think it was 2010 season, he burst onto the scene. He has this great season for the Buffalo Bills, and then he becomes a ski mask all-star and robbing them and getting this huge contract ex- extension and sucking for the next two to three years after that. Bounces around the league. Finds a home with the Jets, puts up great numbers again, and then tries to go ski mask all-star and say, hey, y'all see these numbers? I need that bread. <laughs> and the Jets the Jets said uh, – Ski mask all-star. That is hilarious, man. Like, shout-out to Bomani Jones. I have to give credit. I got okay. that from him. I did not come up with that myself. I was going to say, man. But um, he then turns around and tries to ski mask all-star again and say, yo, Jets, I need that bread. The Jets said, ah, we watched the tape. Maybe something Buffalo didn't do uh, <laughs> five years ago, but we watched the tape, and nah, we're not giving you that bread. He comes to Kansas City. Again, I put my faith in the Jets. I thought the Jets would beat Kansas City. Their offense has been – we'll get to that in a second. But Ryan Fitzpatrick basically came out, and he might as well have been playing left-handed. <laughs> uh, he might as well have – they might as well have put me out there at quarterback or, you know, a a former flag football backup champion That's backup true. QB in A Ward out there to throw yep. the ball because he was throwing it to everybody but Eric Decker, Brandon Marshall, Quincy Anumwa, but he loved him some Marcus Peters. I I'm willing to bet that if we looked at the statistics, he probably completed more passes to the Chiefs defense than he did his own players in the fourth quarter. Ryan, you swung fantasy football games 
with oh. your performance. Not only with the negative points you racked up, but for the 40-burger that you gave up to the Chiefs defense. Like, you single – someone is going to miss the playoffs this year in their <laughs> fantasy league true. because of your ineptitude in Kansas City this past weekend. Ryan, you the homie. You were on, you were on my squad last year. You helped one of my leagues make it to the championship. But you gotta run them pockets, dog. <laughs> run them pockets expeditiously to use to, <laughs> to use a word that may be in fitting with your Harvard education. <laughs> so, hey Ward, third what and you finally, um, you will not probably know who this is at all. But he goes by the name, and I'm probably gonna butcher it. He goes by the name of Dan Dalrymple. That's that's his name. That's his name. Anyway, so Dan Dalrymple um, is the strength and conditioning coach for the New Orleans Saints. Um, so the New Orleans Saints have five starters out this week. Five starters out. Sneed, Vaccaro. The, and at one point in time, the Atlanta Falcons has scored five straight touchdowns on five straight drives. I, I really hadn't seen much like it in the NFL watching the game on Monday night. But they said that no team had scored six touchdowns on six straight drives in – 10 to 15 years was the stat. And at one point in time, they were going for it. Now, they, they had to settle for a field goal. Oh, heaven forbid. They only got three points, um, getting ready to put up half of 100. But I don't know what it is with, with New Orleans, but this was a big game. It was at the Saints. It was some kind of um, tribute to – I mean, there was a lot of buzz around it because of the blocked punt that kind of sparked everything. I'm guessing after Katrina, they played the Falcons, right? They blocked right, the right. punt. After, after the first game in the Superdome. Three Dome, games after into the season and you're missing five starters? Like, Dan Dalrymple, <laughs> run them pockets, bro. I don't know what you're getting paid to do, but five <laughs> starters inactive for Monday Night Football? Like, uh, no, no, man. You got you got to run them pockets, bro. Now I'm gonna tell you, uh, Dan, right? Yeah, Dan Dalrymple. Listen, my name is Carlos Johnson. The person who ad, who asked you to run them pockets was a Ward. No, because the one thing I know is that you don't mess around with strength and conditioning coaches <laughs> unless you're Diddy and you got the kettlebell <laughs> and you got the first first punch in, right? Right. <laughs> so Dan Dalrymple, if somehow. <laughs> This podcast ends up in your lap, and you want to come exact some revenge? A-Ward is the guy you want. I am A-Ward.com. <laughs> I am a Go hit him up if you want to get at him. At least I'm not like Roy Williams. You can't Google my address. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true, very true. So, so the Miami Dolphins, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and although I feel like you should put the, the coordinator, whoever the coordinator is, for I think uh, not Mike Nolan. It's a former he's a former coach, whoever the defensive coordinator for the Saints is. Um, although I feel like maybe that should go toward the Saints organization because Rob Ryan was oh the, the defensive coordinator last year. They were historically he ran, bad. He, he ran their pockets last year, <laughs> <laughs> and this year they're looking to be historically bad again. So oh, maybe it's you know. bad. But yeah, but yeah. So Dan Dalrymple run them pockets. Yep. So real quick, I won't spend too much time on this because I posted it on the uh, Facebook fan page, but. To me, Bill Belichick, a couple of quick topics. Bill Belichick is the greatest coach in NFL history. Um, the is that you're, that's, that's, you're saying that? I am saying this. I'm, I posed a question on the Facebook fan page, and we got some interesting responses in terms of that. Somebody called him a cheater, and then a guy kind of broke down in his own interesting way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
how Deflate Gate uh, and how all the gates, you know, are insignificant. And he went on this rant about Ray Lewis killing people. <laughs> <laughs> shout hey, out to you, man. Yo, shout, shout out, out to, to you. Yo, shout out to you, though. We appreciate you you commenting. Definitely though, better than the other comment that was, I'm not following you. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I didn't get that one. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, but, you know, but shout out to him. But, yeah, Bill Belichick is the greatest coach right now. There are co- coaches in the league who have been more innovative. Uh, Paul Brown, who kind of for pass and all the things. Uh, Vince Lombardi, who's going to be more revered, right? Steve or uh, Bill Walsh, Bill Walsh, you Don know Shula, Shula, and all that. But to me, what he has done this year—no Brady for four games. Nikovich is suspended. Uh, Vollmer has been hurt on the offensive line. Things of that nature. And to roll out Jimmy Garoppolo, you can say, okay, maybe Arizona didn't know what to expect in Week One, but Week Two, the Dolphins had tape on them, ran their pockets. Um, and then Jacob, and then to run the Texans' pockets in week three with a third-string quarterback, I think it's a fifth-round, fourth or fifth-round draft pick, um, and to win, to shut them out. Granted, yes, you're at home. Yes, it's the Texans a little bit, but the Texans, Brock Osweiler, he may be a slight upgrade of what the Texans have had the last few years. The offensive weaponry around him is better on the Texans. Shout-out to the guy on Twitter who said, uh, DeAndre Hopkins doesn't get balls thrown to him. They get thrown at him. <laughs> um, I like that. <laughs> that was one of the things from the Twitter live stream that I found to be funny. Um, you know, but what he's done in going 3-0, and and people were like, well, if they can go 3-1, and if they can go 2-2, two and two, you know, even if they, they went 1-3, and three, they could be okay till Brady came back. They're 3-0, and and I'm – like, I feel like Bill Belichick could get on WEEI and go, you listen, we're having a contest. Uh, anybody wants to run QB – Send us just send us, you know, a tape of you in your backyard tossing it with your kid. <laughs> we'll pick a winner on Friday, on Sunday. We're gonna go out here and kick some Buffalo Bills butt and go to four and And I feel like it wouldn't matter. Like I feel like he one thing that has made me go with that opinion is that I've listened to former players who played for him and played for other teams talk about Bill Belichick and they said that from week to week, he goes, It's completely new game plans. Mm-hmm. He goes, Most teams that I've been on, they'll have like, you know, 10 to 15 plays that they know that they feel can work against any defense, and they'll kind of make minor tweaks. Mm-hmm. He goes, no, Bill will go, this is what we did against this team this week, completely new game plan, mm-hmm. and he tailors it. And I'm just like, yo, like maybe I – and I'm not one to really really reflect on, especially from a coach standpoint because talent is huge. But, dude, like he's winning with Jacoby Brissett, which, again, Brissett showed – some some potential in the fact that if his first read wasn't there, he was able to stand poised mm-hmm. and try to find somebody. But his accuracy wasn't there. And they, again, they ran their pockets. And I'm not picking against the Patriots the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to lose at least three or four games. But I won't – they're going to be four games where I, I just pick them to win. Yeah. I just – I feel like um, – I, for one, don't think Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. Uh, so I disagree with you there. Um I also feel like if you consider Bill Belichick the greatest coach of all time, that has to discredit Tom Brady as one of the best quarterbacks of all time, in a sense. Um, Because if he's doing this without Tom Brady, he's winning games without Tom Brady, if his package of what he puts out against uh, teams week to week can be plug and play, you can throw anybody in there. In 2008, he brought Matt Castle in off the bench. He went uh, 21 touchdowns, 11 picks, and threw for 3,600 yards, which is the most yards Matt Castle has ever thrown for in a season. True. Um, 
You know, so here are, you know, I think what Bill Belichick does is he is remarkable in when it comes to putting coordinators and coaches, um, when it comes to hiring coordinators and coaches and putting people in place to to play winning football all the time. Um, you talk about losing, you know, you losing players. You know, you lose Vince Wilfork, you lose Gerard Mayo, you lose um, Darrell Revis. I mean, you're you're and, and he somebody else just steps up. He drafts remarkably. He, I mean, they they draft very very well. They draft except players, for wide receivers, except for wide receivers. But they don't need wide receivers. I mean, like it's it's wild to me, you know. Now, granted, Brandon LaFell has looked decent. Um, this year, uh, where is he? I just no, no, he was last year. Um, he's with the Bengals now. Oh, um, the Bengals. he was he was okay last year. Yeah. Um, Malcolm Mitchell, I know. Mm. I think he's wearing Brandon LaFell's number. I think but he's yeah. been okay. I mean, but honestly, they passing wise, they've been yeah, they've been all right. You know. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I just think that to say that he's the best coach ever would all would also take away from Tom Brady and say, well, maybe Tom Brady's not. You know what? What we thought he was, you know. So my my rebuttal to that rebuttal game crazy. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but my response to that is, what do you say about Joe Montana? Because Bill Walsh again, we talk about the West Coast offense. Bill Walsh had Montana, then he did it with Steve Young, this and then George Seifert took over. And I don't this think I don't think we diminish. I just think that I just think with what we're seeing this far into the season right now, and how they're winning, and who they're winning with. That's probably why it's fresh on the minds, you know, of, of you know, wow. Look what you're doing pretty easily, pretty handedly against teams. Um, like you said, the Texans just came off a win against the Chiefs, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, and then got blanked. Blanked. Completely blanked. And they got talent. And they didn't I mean, cross midfield until, Jacoby I Jacoby Brissett ran a bootleg yeah, to like the house yards, yeah. in the NFL. Like, who does that? Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like like you said, the package that they had put together, he ran the option. They were running the, the Patriots rather running the option. Yeah, and I mean, you know? they, they fit their personnel. Um, ESPN.com has, has him listed at number seven. I don't know how much recent the article is um, as top ten greatest coaches um, yeah. with Shula, I think Landry, and um, Lombardi and Walsh ahead of him. Um, interesting note is that Tom Coughlin, I think, is listed at 10th or 14th, one of those spots, um, which I think is a little high. Yeah, I'm not a co- – I'm Eli and Coughlin, like, and I don't, I don't want to go too deep down this rabbit trail. but Yeah, I well, we're going to talk feel, about the Giants here in a little while. I <laughs> always feel like they are a little bit overrated. Like, yeah. I'm, I get it. They won two Super Bowls. They won them in New York. They beat the Patriots both times to do it. But not making the playoffs outside of – those two times, like, like that matters to me a little bit. You know, it's it's almost Miami Marlin like, if you will. Yeah. I mean, the only time the, every time the Marlins make the playoffs, they win. They win it all. Yeah. But other than that, they don't win at all. Yeah. So you know, is that bars? I mean, that might be bars. But um, you know, Ooh, that might be bars. Yeah. You know, when they make it in, they win it all. But when they don't, they don't win. They it don't all. win at all. Mm. Yeah. Double know. entendre. Don't ask them how. Hey, um, hey, you know what I'm saying. Just to end that conversation, Bill Belichick's a cheater, <laughs> and I can't stand him. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but yeah, but you know, um, but let us know what you think. Again, we have the post up on. The I thought Facebook it was funny that page. the people that commented that believe he was the greatest coach of all time, they all just said, "Yep, yep." They didn't need to say anything. Now the people that disagreed, 
again, except for, the, except for the guy who who responded with you know debunking all of the various yeah. gates, and it made that made me feel good because I feel like I'm the only one who who does those things. Although I will say, part of the reason I started this podcast is because people kept saying, "Dude, why don't you get your own show?" Because I was ranting on Facebook about sports. <laughs> so you know that's where it started. That was the originator for me doing this podcast with A Ward is. That and us arguing on text messages and in group. Yeah, so. that's true. Shout out to Cash Hollister, Team Dodd Daily, huge Patriots fan, probably the only Patriots fan that I and know. And Cadence. Cadence. Oh, Cadence is a Patriots fan. I don't know why. Who who becomes fans of Patriots? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe 2001, 9-11. Yeah. I'll tell you who I am a fan of. I'm on the Wentz wagon, bro. Hold on. Wait. Hold on. Wait. So <laughs> was there like peanut gallery comments? Yeah. The, we had some comments for the crowd because I went, I went Patriots 9-11. They go, wait, what? Because 9-11, the Patriots win. You know, it's the Patriots. It's patriotism, NFL. That That's what I'm getting at. Oh, okay. There. So you're pulling heartstrings. Saying. Yeah, heartstrings. Yeah, and that and the uh, the snow, the tuck, tuck rule. Tuck rule. Brady. Okay. You know, under people love underdog stories. They were underdogs against the Rams as well. So anyway, so back to the I'm, Wentz wagon. I'm on the Wentz wagon, man. As you guys know, I don't really follow a specific – NFL football team. Right. I normally just follow Tennessee players and um, root for different teams, but I like this kid, Carson Wentz, in my John Gruden voice. <laughs> I this like guy. This, kid. this, this guy. guy. Um, man, he's been impressive. You know what? Shout out to Doug Peterson, um, former offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, first year head coach. Um, he has, like, I, don't, I hate to go cliche here, but he has he's put together a game plan that has accentuated his strengths mm-hmm. and put him in good positions to be successful. And it's interesting. Like I feel like they really have. And I was, I have to admit, I was wrong. I was uber critical of them trading Sam Bradford, even though they got a one and a four. Mm-hmm. But trading Sam Bradford and saying he's going to be the starter over Chase Daniel because he hadn't played. I mean, he had, what, a half a game of experience yeah, in no preseason, experience, yeah. got hurt, and so now we're talking about you're going to throw this guy to the Wolves and some, and more, more cases not to than mention, not. He played at North Dakota State. Right, so it's <laughs> not like – He didn't play SEC football. <laughs> he didn't play Pac-12 football. Right. He didn't play ACC football, right? So you have this guy playing at the highest level of competition in football with no experience, and – He's been impressive. He played. He's played really well. And again, it's kind. It's almost like a a Big Ben type of situation, if you will, when yeah. he first came into the league with the Steelers. I'm going to ask you to make a few plays for us. Don't do anything crazy. You know, it'll work out. We have a defense, which you know might just might be a monster, right? Um, which might be very good. And they're three and zero. And the thing is, is in the East, like they could win ten games Easy. because. I don't think Washington's very good. Mm-mm. I still don't know what to make of the Giants, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, they, I mean, they had a game against the Saints where they didn't score. The only touchdown they scored was on a blocked field goal. Yeah, you know, so I don't know what to make of them. The Cowboys, okay, I don't know what to make of them because they Dak has also played well to give credit to him. Yep, but he hasn't been. He hasn't played to me to the level that Wentz has played. So, no. shout out to them, man. I think they have something. In the short term and then future, like, again, if you listen to the show, you know I'm not a huge believer in the franchise quarterback. Like, I think that term is overrated. I think if you can find someone who can be a caretaker, who who just won't make foolish mistakes, you can win in the NFL. But I think they might have something, again, in the short term 
in terms of don't make mistakes, and they may if they develop him correctly, they could have themselves a franchise yeah. guy. Just some interesting statis- statistics so far through weeks into the year. Um, he's seventh in the league in QB rating. Um, also, if I was to tell you that Jimmy Garoppolo, Sam Bradford, Matt Stafford, and Carson Wentz would all have better quarterback ratings than Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, and Alex Smith, would you believe that? So no. we're looking no. at Garoppolo, Bradford, Stafford, and Wentz all, um, you know, all with better QB ratings. He's yet to throw a pick. No interceptions, just like Prescott. So him and Prescott have both yet to throw an interception in three games. Um, meanwhile, Ryan Fitzpatrick threw six. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I didn't think about that in those terms. Like, yeah, like like um, Wentz is going to have to go on like about a two, like at least throw two a game over the next three just to match. Just to match what Ryan did in the first one. <laughs> Dog, run them pockets. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, man. I just uh. I've been thoroughly impressed and never even been close to a Seahawks fan. Like, never really liked anybody that ever – I'm not Seahawks. Eagles. Eagles fan. Never liked anybody who ever really played for the Eagles. Um, But uh, I'm usually at AFC. I usually follow AFC much more than I do NFC just because I prefer – but, yeah, I've definitely definitely enjoyed it and we'll, we'll be paying attention closely to them from now on, so. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I don't even know who they played next week. I didn't even look into it. Uh, Washington. Oh, Washington, word? I think. I maybe. Like the, I feel like they, they play the Browns. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm not sure who they play. Oh, no, Eagles have a bye. Oh, that's right, that's right, because Ryan Matthews. Yep. Okay, yeah, yeah, Darren yeah. Sproles is on my bench. Yep, yep. I think about that. So, they're on the bye this week. So, move, looking forward, we, we live in Kansas City. Yep. Um, this is the, Kansas City is the town. So, real quick, Chiefs preview. The offense is still concerning me, man. Like, it's still a huge concern yeah. to me. Uh, granted, they are playing r- good to great defenses. Mm-hmm. So, the Jets, the Texans, um, who they play week one? I don't know if the Chargers defense. I think it remains to be seen. Yeah. Uh, but they're still the NFL defense, right? So, but the last two games played really good defenses. Offense still hasn't shown me a whole lot. Defensively, I mean, I don't know what to make of them because obviously they smoked Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Jets. Not allowing a touchdown. Yeah. Um, but they still Sunday. You're talking about defensively. Defensively, yeah. right. Not allowing a yeah, touchdown, allowing a touchdown. On, on yeah. last Sunday. Mm-hmm. But Sunday night football, going to Pittsburgh, Le'Veon is back. One of my fantasy teams rejoices. Yes. Although I had D'Angelo Williams, so it's not like I was hurting that all. But Le'Veon is back. Um, you know, obviously, Ben, they're going to be – this is Todd Haley's probably going to be – trying to make a statement because he was fired yep. from Kansas City. Prime so, time. Prime time. Still no Jamal. Still no Jamal. Still I no Jamal. I, I think if he does play, he's going to be on that Gronkowski play count. Like, I don't anticipate him being – which I don't know why. I mean, I don't know I don't know what, what the point would be in playing him if he's not ready. Yeah, um, coming off a second ACL and his age and and having Ware and West, Ware and West have been good, right? Yeah. So you don't. It's not like you need him to to be anything for you. So I think as long as the, your running game, which to me the Chiefs' running game has has been okay, mm-hmm. um, as long as that's going fine, you can keep him on the bench. But I think the thing for me, and obviously because the, well, it's not like the Chiefs ran away with the game, but because the Jets were down so much and their running game has been like kind of crappy like when going into that game uh matt forte was averaging almost like around two yards yeah almost three yards per carry but you got an offense that has two backs in Le'Veon and uh, d'angelo williams mm-hmm. 
who can tote that thing? Like, I mean, they can can be really good if they open holes. So, to me, for the Chiefs, continuously on defense is can they stop the run? Um, can Peters, which is going to be fun, Peters versus Antonio Brown. Now, Antonio Brown's a little banged up, right? Um, a little banged up. A little banged up. They got Wheaton back. But he, but uh, I've never been a Wheaton believer. Yeah. I mean, Martavis Bryant came in as a rookie, took some of his shine, which he was expected to step up, came back from suspension last year yeah. and just said, okay, Marcus who? Exactly. And, you know, and then even this year coming back, he dropped a touchdown pass in the Philadelphia game. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just hasn't been what they thought he was going to be. And they so got Eli Rogers. Eli Rogers is another name to know. watch. Jesse James at tight end. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be it, – to me, again, for the Chiefs, it comes down to can they stop the run because that will allow, obviously, Ben to do what he wants to do passing-wise. Um, and can Alex, man, can Alex and and Andy come up with something? Like, you know, on the radio I said that they need to take some shots. Yeah. They need to take some shots down the field. Not, um, not necessarily every time, but at least once or twice every other series just to open up the offense because yeah. at a certain point – Defense is going to see that that Alex is being risk averse and just try to shut down everything across the middle and those intermediate routes. So yeah, interesting pointless uh, statistic that I noticed. Uh, Mike Tomlin is sixteen and ten when coming off of a loss as the favorite, um, and seven of those losses have come when he was favored again. And I believe Pittsburgh is three or a five point favorite. I don't think it's that. I think it's three. Is it three? Yeah, I think it's three. So, um, yeah, like I said, interesting, pointless statistic. 16 and 10 when coming off of a loss as the favored team. And uh, and so he's not, you know, he's not not um, statistically remembered as a coach who goes in and gets after his team after a loss like that and says, hey, we're going to come out here and we're going to show them, you know, that we don't play football like that. So I think the Chiefs could come in Pittsburgh and sneak out a, a win, um, but it's just going to be—it's really going to be on that defensive line, like you said, controlling the line of scrimmage, the run game, and can you get Ben down? I mean, can you get a couple sacks? Can you get you know some momentum going? Um, but it's so hard to win in Pittsburgh. It is. It is. And you're right. It was five points. Five. Five point uh, favorites for for Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So. Chiefs fans, let us know what you think. Uh, Pittsburgh fans, A-Ward was just there. Yeah. Slap battle. Um, so, Pittsburgh fans, let me know. Do you think your squad's got it? If so, let us know why. So, hit us up on, again, a Facebook fan page. It's a black and white thing. Search at Brands and Bars or go to Twitter at Brands and Bars and hit us up. Uh, final game that we'll look at uh, briefly here, uh, Giants and Vikings. We talked about we were going to get into that. Uh, the Vikings, I said last week, that when we talked about are the pack, what's wrong with the offense? I said, listen, guys, Vikings defense has some has some dogs on it. Yep, it's got some dogs on it. It's got some guys who are beasts at defending uh, the uh, defending the offense. Uh, obviously, Everson Griffin, the Kendricks boys, Harrison Smith, Knoxville, Xavier Rhodes. Shout out to Harrison Smith. Smith. Yeah. So I mean, they got some dogs on defense. They went to Carolina. They beat. The, the Panthers, who are who don't take very many losses at home over the last yep. few years, uh, shut Cam down, undefeated at home, Monday night football, Giants come to town again. To me, this game is going to let me know what to think about Eli. I have Eli as my QB1 in one of my fantasy teams. I may come to regret that here pretty soon. <laughs> um, uh, so, quick side note, fantasy football, if 
if you have a two QB system league or they allow the QB to play in effect flex, you need two top 15 QBs. I have Jameis. Jameis is top seven right now. Uh, Eli's 18. So, you know, it averages he's out. close. He's average averages out. But this is going to let me know a lot about the Giants. Again, uh, week one, they beat Dallas. Dallas. Had a rookie QB starting. Week yep. two, they beat the Saints. No offensive touchdowns. Right. Uh, dropped passes galore by wide receivers, including Beckham, who had a touchdown catch that he dropped. Week three against the Giants, a game where I felt like they – No, against the Redskins. Redskins, I'm yep. sorry. They controlled it. But they still needed a field goal late. And, but they just but they just kept shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. Well, and they lost by a field goal late, right? Lost by two. I think it was 29-27. Yeah. Okay, 29-27, yeah. Um, or 26-24, something like that. But, again, the game that I felt like they were at various times in control and ready to put away, but they just couldn't do it. Um, their defense is improved. Um, I've seen people call Ben McAdoo kind of the high school principal. I've seen him. Some, him some, he looks like a high school principal. Um, I thought it was a basketball player, McAdoo. No, not Ben. Think, thinking of James Michael McAdoo? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, Ben McAdoo is his name. Oh, okay. And then you might be thinking Ben Simmons, too. Yeah. But um, Ben McAdoo, the head coach, I've seen him call Uncle Rico <laughs> from uh, Napoleon Dynamite. But to me, this is the game will let me know where they are offensively because this Minnesota defense is going to be beastly. I expect – the Vikings to win because because of that defense. Yeah. And I think Sam Bradford does just enough. Um, we talked about it on the show. The loss of Adrian Peterson doesn't mean that much to me. No. I think he's washed. I think McKinnon and Asiata, Asiata get the job done. Mm-hmm. And I think they move on to 4-0. and And you have to, l- looking at the NFC landscape, at least at the quarter mark of the season, I think you're going to look at this team as the favorite right now uh, to go. Seattle's banged up. Um, That's true. They beat the Packers. Don't know who what's up with the East. They beat the Panthers. Yeah. Like, they are got to be looked at as the favorite. Yeah, they haven't allowed more than two touchdowns in a game yet this year. Um, you know, that defense is – it's the real deal. And and I, I'm i interested as well. Eli Manning, primetime football. You're under the lights. You know, you got Odell Beckham Jr. You got Sterling Shepard. Is that his name? Sterling Shepard. Sterling, Sterling Shepard. You got Victor Cruz back. Supposed to have a – uh, a dog in Rashard Jennings who's coming back this week. <laughs> Definitely not a dog, right? That was dog. sarcasm. Um, <laughs> um, he's a puppy. But um, you know, they. they I, I don't think the Giants should be this mediocre. You know, they should, and that's. I think that's the thing that's frustrating. Yeah. About them is that they have you know this two-time Super Bowl champion. It's almost like them QB. and the San Diego Chargers like are just kind of like, and it's funny because Philip Rivers and Eli Manning obviously right, with their history. Yeah. With their history. And it's like you have the AFC version and the NFC version of these teams that it's just like, man, you've had this quote-unquote pro bowl, high-caliber franchise quarterback, and you've built players around them like LaDainian Tomlinson at the Chargers or like, you know, uh, Odell here. You know, just different high – and it's – I don't know, man. Um, I I think that the Giants are still frauds right now, and I I look to see the Vikings to, to win that game. I think the Giants are frauds, but it wouldn't surprise me if they won their division. Yeah, and that and it wouldn't surprise me if they won this game. And th- I guess that's the thing that's just so confounding about them is they should be better. You expect them to be better, and they're just not. And it's just I don't I don't get it. And then they'll they'll jack around, barely make the playoffs, and then they'll win the Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> and then people will write all these great things about Eli Manning, and I go, I don't yeah, see. Yeah, hold up. 
So that concludes our NFL coverage. Real quick, we want to say about the NFL, um, we have our uh, black and white podcast, Pick'em, uh, which at the end of week three, I'm pulling it up. I know Ricky's in last place because he never made any picks. Right, after he said he wanted to be in it. Yeah, after he said he wanted to be in it. I, that's so bad. But you know? as of people that actually have picked, <laughs> I'm in last place. <laughs> so let me look here. It's a tie for first. I checked it earlier. It's a three-way tie for first. Wow, it is a three-way tie for first. We have uh, Marche. Shout out to uh, the homegirl, Marche. Um, shout out to my homie, my cousin, uh, Michael, pretty geeky guy. And James Watts, still holding on. Still holding uh, on. Tied for first place. So I wonder, does that mean I have to send out like $300 worth of gas cards? Absolutely not. not. <laughs> <laughs> $33.33 a piece <laughs> is what they will get. <laughs> that is hilarious. So I'm pretty sure that the, the tie will be broken as we go down. Yeah. As we go down. But shout out to them, uh, sh- Big Lowe's. Yeah, uh, Los is up there. And four, right behind him in fourth place. And so, so is Marcus. I think Marcus is in uh He's in eighth. Eighth, yeah. But he's only four he's only four behind. Yeah, because I'm way behind. I'm six behind and you are wowzers. And I've actually picked every week. You are yeah, you have. You went eight, six, and six in terms of correct. So uh, I've picked twenty correct games out of forty eight. No. Uh thirty not forty. Oh yeah, you're right. Well, no, no, not 48. 16 a week, right? 24. Eight teams. Eight, so 16. No, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. You're the math guy. My bad. There's you're 16 right. I shouldn't games question a week. you. I shouldn't question yeah. you. You're the math guy. I'm the English guy. So you're Negative you're right. B plus or minus B squared. Minus, yeah. Anyway. Although, which is crazy because I do all this stuff with fantasy and stats. I know. But, yeah, 20 out of 48 is – you have to try to, to – I feel like you have to try to, to be that bad. So, question, should we just have, like – like a pet, like should we get like a dog just to make your picks and just see if they can do right. better than you? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, make a comeback. But again, if you haven't signed up, you still can. Like if you if you're that good, maybe you can catch up with the, the three uh, leaders in first place and catch up with them in picks. So Ricky, you know, if you want to make your picks, if you think you're good at it, you can try to catch up. Uh, B Harris, if you want to make your picks, which actually. Brandon made picks in week one, and it then subsequently did not make picks in weeks three and three. Yeah. So not, that sounds like a that sounds like a B Harris type thing. All right, he said he's gonna make picks this week. He, oh, you had nine, so you got you did pretty good. I yep. mean, nine, you would have been in like top ten after week one, and, and then you just kind of fell off. So, <laughs> um, I'll post this to the Facebook fan page and on Twitter. Sign up for it again. Give it a shot. Next year, we'll try to do some more weekly prizes and giveaways. Maybe that gets people to actually make their picks. So we'll look into that for next season. But, again, we're just getting off the ground. So bear with us. But have some fun along the way. Make some picks. Um, going to close the show on a little bit of a serious note. So, obviously, you know, people say we get a, we get into sports to try to get away from uh, the pressures and realities of real life. But lately in sports, we had a lot of real life and sports intersecting. So Marcus Rose, he's at home, one of our homies, a friend of the show, been on the show. Um, his nephew plays for the University of Nebraska. Um, and he and two other teammates chose to kneel before the national anthem uh, this past weekend. I forget who they played. Northwestern. It was Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said before that he went talk to Mike Riley, his coach. He got the okay. He said, as long as you talk to the guys and they're they're okay with it. He talked to them. They said they were okay with it. Um, I went after it was brought to my attention. I didn't know he had done it until Marcus brought it to our attention. 
Um, I kind of went and followed his Twitter feed for myself and saw some pretty nasty things being tweeted at him. Remember, he's uh, maybe 21, 22, 22, yeah, 22-year-old college senior. Um, And, you know, it was was sad to see. And it's not that I – I wasn't shocked. I've seen college football fans tweet horrible things at kids Mm -hmm. when they choose to go to a school that isn't their own. Right. Um, I'm trying to think. The kid from Michigan? I don't think the kid from Michigan when the punt got blocked. I know from Mizzou – uh, Andrew Baggett, he's no longer there, but when they were – the last time they were really good in the SEC, yeah, I remember they him. missed the kick against, against South, South Carolina, Carolina. Yeah. and they said some pretty vicious things to yeah. him. Um, so I, I understand that college football fans can be horrible people Very bad. at times, but to see that type of response uh, to – for me, it's something different when you do that to Colin Kaepernick. I'm not saying it's right, but Colin Kaepernick is an, is an adult. Right. If he receives a death threat, he can have extra security. I don't know if Michael Rose Ivy, who was the young man's name, who, who made that decision, I don't know if you can have extra security for him at Nebraska game. So it makes me sad to see that response. To see the regent come up and say he should be kicked off the team mm-hmm. is despicable. Um, you're What are you doing, bro? Like, what, what are you doing? What does it say about you that you're willing to – um, try to m- take the situation where he's already had again. He said his peers, friends, Facebook friends, old friends from high school say nasty things to him and his family, and you just come and add the gasoline to that right. fire. Um, so, you know, again, as someone who is has a connection to him, I want to personally say, yo, we got we got your back, man. Definitely. Like, like we're not – we stand with you. Uh, we kneel with you, if, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, and hopefully – something good in terms of dialogue or change will come from this. And I know a lot of people say, well, okay, you're doing this, but now what? But I feel, to me, the thing that makes what Colin has done and what subsequent people have done is that when, for comparison, when LeBron James, CP3, D-Wade, and Melo did their thing at the ESPYs, it was hailed as a nice moment, but we didn't talk about it past a couple of days. Right. Um, This, what... Uh, what Colin has done and what subsequent people have done in following up on it, we're still talking about it. And what Colin did happened in August. Mm-hmm. It's still a discussion. It's still being dismissed. It's still being hailed. It's still being seen as courageous, so on and so forth. Um, and so, again, stay strong. Stay strong, Mike. Um, you got some supporters here in, at the black, at black and white thing. Um, and, you know, we, we got you. So Yeah, we definitely applaud that. I believe, um, from what I understand, is it's the first act, college-wise, collegiately, that I've heard of. I've heard some high school. I've heard, heard high school, middle school, some WNBA, some yep. NFL. Um, but yeah, um, you know, especially after hearing his speech afterwards, when I listened to his speech, and you know, he made it. Uh, I mean, he just articulated it so well. Um, you know, as to what he was doing and why he was doing it, um, you know, and and made it a point to say, I'm not anti-police, um, I'm not anti-American, I'm not, you know, it's just that, you know, this is this is my way of of staying true to himself and what he stands for, you know, and and I think that we live in a nation where people just don't do that. Period, you know, and so for him to be at the University of Nebraska and demographically, that's got to be tough. I mean. You know, I'm not saying it might be easier if you were at, 
Grambling. HBCU, yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> you know, or if you were on the East Coast or at Rutgers or something to that extent. But, you know, he's he, he's very familiar with where he's at, you know. Right. Um, and so, like you said, man, I got your back 110% and, and, and applaud you for, for being yourself. And, and that speech afterwards was just, man. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm getting old, so as I get old, things make me cry. Um, and <laughs> so, listening to him give that speech, it brought, I didn't cry, but it definitely made me tear up to listen to it for several reasons. One, his use of scripture within mm. it, yes. of saying that, you know, it, as a Christian, it, my conscience is pricked. What you do to the least of these. What you do to the yeah, least of he, these. Oh, man. Um, so, to hear him say that, but also... I wasn't expecting it, but it was powerful to him him use the N-word. Now, I won't do it here, but for him to say, yo, I heard them call me the N-word, to see I've been called the N-word, and for him to actually say it, it's the, and again, to point the difference between what LeBron and those guys did is LeBron played it down the middle. Even with doing his comments this week, talking about, you know, all lives matter mm -hmm. and talking about his son having an encounter with police. He tried to play it down the middle to please everyone, which right. that is their that's their right. Like I don't yeah. knock them for that. I may not necessarily agree with the the approach, yeah. but I don't knock them for that, uh, for having that opinion. Um, but for him to go to see him use that word that way, it just kind of was like yo. Because again, I understand that the audience he's speaking to in that press conference room is predominantly white. Right. And so it's just like it's just like uh it was just very raw, you know. It, it was very raw and and again, I like you, I applaud him for for that statement uh for stepping up and look, man, I have a son and like that to me in that moment like I can show my son this audio and go, "Hey, you know, this is what taking a stand looks like. Th like this is someone who is showing courage um in a in a moment where he could lose it all cuz you don't I don't I mean, granted while the regent seems to be an idiot for that, for trying to kick him off the team. Who's to say that there aren't other idiots who are powerful enough to agree with him to get him removed? Right. You know, and again, the backlash for that, I don't – ultimately, I don't see that happening because from a recruiting standpoint, that's – it's hard enough. Part of the reason Nebraska is in Nebraska is because they can't get kids to come to the middle right. of the country. Right, um, So, you know, to if they were to do that, that would just be signaling to a bunch of, of kids predominantly – in a, in a sport that is predominantly black, mm -hmm. um, that says this isn't the place for us. So right. shout out, but you know what? Speaking of that, though, I don't want to paint the entire um, community of Nebraska by the region's actions. But shout out to Mike Riley, who, yeah. by all accounts, we don't have any inside information on that front. But just from what we've heard from Michael Rose Ivy himself, what we've heard from um, media reports, he's at his back. Um, and just kind of, again, me just kind of reading different comments from the Omaha local uh, websites, Twitter, Facebook. He seemed like he's had his back. So uh, he's to be commended for that because it can't be – it's got to be tough. And so. something that's semi-correlated to that, I'd like to shout out Los's blog. Um, yo. The homie yo. Uh, Los um, put together a very, very – articulated very well um, in a blog that he posted yesterday. And you can check that out at delosfactor.blogspot.com. Um, yeah, go check that out um, in regards to um, the police brutality, and, and, it, and it ties in the Colin Kaepernick situation. Um, but I do want to shout out uh, Los because I know that he has a very um, – 
a, a lot closer friendship and relationship with Michael Rose Ivy than than I do. Then um, myself as well, yes, sir. And so I can only imagine that that whole situation really kind of burned um, or touched him in a way to where when he when he wrote that blog that it it, it was it, it stemmed from a lot of that as well. So I just wanted to shout that out as well because I know you're getting ready to. Um, take the floor because you know there's some definitely stuff that you that you want to talk about. So yes, sir. Yes, sir. So to conclude the show, I don't know if this is going to be a weekly thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if it is, it definitely won't always be on social commentary. I hope to. This show is again, it's for the people, um, and we want we like to have fun. We want to do fun things. So hopefully, I won't have to do this every week. But um, last week, I think I forget. I'm trying to think. What did I talk about last week? Um, it's getting late and I'm sleepy, so I won't even try to remember. But, you know, last week um, I had kind of a social commentary. Oh, on Christianity and um, when we say that racism is a byproduct of sin, right? So, but this week uh, I kind of want to hit, this is inspired in part by Michael Rose Ivy and other uh, athletes stepping out in the name of social justice, right? So... I want to start by quoting Gandhi, right? So, again, you listen to the show because you're going to get Dale Earnhardt compared to Tupac, right? And you're going to get a little bit of Gandhi right now. So Gandhi said, uh, and I quote, of Christians, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. And so if you're thinking, is this going to be a Christian thing again? No, not necessarily. I'm, I'm doing this to make a parallel because I love sports. I love I love what sports provides us i love what sports how sports make us feel in both the good and bad but so often i find myself saying i love sports i do not like its fans i do not like its executives i do not like the leadership i do not like the coaches and sometimes i do not like the players for the things that they say and do because the that group of people who make up sports fans so often do not represent the things that we say we love about sports right so sports again they provide us with these heartwarming and incredible moments. You think about the miracle on ice. You think about Kurt Gibson's home run in the 88 World Series, the original dream team, uh, the David Tyree catch in the Super Bowl. Um, Also, sports provides us with great moments of reflection after tragedy. Uh, When the games resumed after 9-11, the response to the Boston Marathon bombing, uh, so on and so forth, right? But there are too many moments in sports where I find myself embarrassed to be a sports fan. Um, If it's Brian Kelly, the head coach of Notre Dame, throwing his entire team of young men under the bus because of the ineptitude of the coaching staff who makes millions of dollars to prepare these young men to play a game um, every Saturday in and Saturday out. Uh, The response to Michael Rose Ivy, I saw someone say on Twitter that maybe he was making this up, uh, the responses that he got for just for added extra attention as if having someone threaten to kill you or to be hung before a game is something to exaggerate about. And to, like I said, I went and saw the comments for myself. Um, the response to LeBron James uh, for his All Lives Matter and saying that his son, uh, he was afraid for his son to be pulled over by police. He got it from both sides. He tried to play it down the middle, and both sides crucified him for it. The response to Colin Kaepernick and Cam Newton These are gentlemen who are simply speaking their minds. We say we hate robotic athletes who don't say anything interesting, but when they say something interesting, we then kill them for it and then wonder why they refuse to speak up. Um, The greed of the NFL and the NCAA, right? 
You know, these things make me embarrassed at times to be a sports fan. And we say we love sports for a bunch of reasons, but primarily because it teaches good character. It teaches sportsmanship. It teaches us how to be a good teammate. It creates leaders and it creates unity, right? So when I go to, you know, I'm a Chiefs supporter. I'm not a Chiefs fan. I'm a supporter. But when I go to a Chiefs fan, no one cares about my views on Black Lives Matter. I'm not a member. No one cares about my, if I'm Republican or Democrat, I'm independent, right? Um, none of that matters. All that matters is one goal. It's root, root, root for the home team and hope they bring home a fan. So what I'm doing at this point is I want to offer a challenge to sports fans, right? I want us to embody those characteristics that we so say we love about sports. Let's, let's unify and let's come together and try to put an end to gender, racial, and income inequality. Because here's the, here's the simple thing, guys. I said last week that America is great, that America has been great, and it has been great to me, but it has not been great for everyone. And so we need to come together. Again, that unity that we show on a, at a football stadium, in a baseball field, in a basketball court, or in the stands, that unity should not end once the clock strikes zero. So let's come together. And if you want unity like you say you want unity, let's fix these issues. And let's make America great for everybody for the first time. So that's my commentary. If you have any questions, comments, hit me up. Again, hit us up on Facebook. We're not hard to find. <laughs> I've said it 8 billion times, at Brains and Bars on Twitter, at Brains and Bars on Facebook. Like the page. Hit us up, man, about everything we discussed today, not just this part. Um, before we go, breaking news before we go, because I would like to end on a little bit of a happier yeah. note. Um, as we walked in the door, we talked about a potential matchup. Or is, am I? Do I? Am I early? Oh, you're a little early. I'm early. You're a little okay. Early. So breaking news. I have good news, and you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All so. right. So breaking news. You'll have to wait. Yes. But there is something on the horizon. I forgot. I forgot. They these things like these are. Uh, I don't want to say. There's a. You have to respect the game. Yes. You have to respect the game. So game recognized game. My bad. I jumped the gun. It's cool. I posted that I had great news on Snapchat and Insta Snap already, and so I've had people like texting me, "What's the good news? What's the good news?" So I've already said that there is breaking news. Time out. Did I say? We might have to delete this out. Okay. Why? Because I think I might have said you have an. Oh, I think it's fine. Okay, you cool. Yeah, I'm so totally fine. That's, with a, it. that's enough suspense yeah. for everybody. Yeah. All right, cool, 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 cool. So, all right, so no, we don't have to delete that out. No, so, not at all. Um, but again, so watch, go to IamAward.com. Please. Subscribe to all of his Snapchats, YouTubes, Twitters, Facebooks. Tweeters. I said Facebooks. Um, <laughs> that is something old black people do. They add an S to everything. Did you, Sonics. I'm about to go to Walmarts. Sonics. So Sonics. When people say Sonics. Yeah, so um, so maybe it's not a thing that all black people do. Maybe it's just a cultural thing. Yeah. Maybe it's a, a southern thing. But anyway, uh, we thank you guys for listening. Shout out to the homie B. Harris and Records East Studio ho hosting us. Shout out to Ricky yep. um, and your bum dolphins. <laughs> um, tell them to get their lives together. Um, <laughs> again, I'm Carlos Shots, and I go by A1. This is A Ward. We thank you guys for listening to the only podcast that has brains and bars. Yep. It's a black and white thing.
Deuces. Holla at y'all next week, man. Thank you for listening to It's a Black and White Thing. You can listen to this and all other episodes at soundcloud.com forward slash brains and bars or by subscribing in the iTunes podcast app.